be nice to have that kind of energy all the time like kids do. You know, the only time kids are tired is when you want them to do something they don't want to. I'm tired. And that's going to bed. Then they're never tired. That's right. Like, I'm not tired. This isn't out for me. <laughs> I'm trying to explain to my children. I was like, there will come a day when you will be so glad to go to bed. <laughs> like, you will... For lack of a better word, you will lust after that thing. Like, oh, like I want to go home. I want to lay down. Oh, so can tell by the attendance this morning that everybody else is as tired as me. <laughs> Nothing like uh, keeping everybody out late every night to uh, eventually people just give up. I know by the end of, uh, usually by the end of the revivals, at the end of the year, I'm, I'm kind of glad they're over just because I want to sleep. So, uh, yeah, I've got to have my comfy chair and my, my pillow and my, my blankie and everything. So, anyway, Jesus, this morning we thank you for your word to us. We thank you for this place to gather in your name uh, and to, to hear a word from you. God, and what we want this morning is to uh, have our eyes fixed on you and for you to do in us uh, exactly what you want done. Lord God, nothing else, excuse me, nothing else would be satisfactory for us, God, than other than uh, exactly what you want. God, this morning we pray that you would speak in this place. God, that you'd bind the, the flesh and the carnal mind, that your spirit would be loosed in this place. That you would meet the needs of every person that gathers here in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, go with me to Numbers 21. You know, it's, uh, I think this passage is kind of a good illustration of what I want to talk about today. Because uh, I kind of had this message in mind, but it took me a while to kind of find something that really fit what, what I felt like I wanted to say, uh, you know, because here in, uh, you know, in Numbers 21, and we'll read this first, but they they come off this, this great victory in the beginning of the chapter, and then they have this uh, uh, spectacular failure, uh, and then uh, they, you know, God gives us this, this great picture of, of what he does. Uh, so here in 21, I'll begin at the beginning. And when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of the prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow to the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites. And they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of that place Hormah means utter destruction. So we have these places in our life where um, you know we, we find this Canaanite thing, you know, this thing that needs dealt with. And uh, um, you know, so you know, King Arad is causing trouble. So I like how Israel vows this vow and, and everything because uh, it's like I want to destroy this Canaanite 
you know, never mind that that's what they got told them to do in the first place. That's the whole reason they're there. But um, so they're they're acting in concert then with with what God wants them to do. It's like this is this was the plan all along, and there's nothing like trying to get somebody to go along with the plan, and when they finally do, ah, you know. And so God is, uh, I like you know God says the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel. So, you know, they were praying along with, with what he wanted. Uh, and I like that because there's this sense of working with him that happens when we when we pray. And, and of course, in, in uh, John's epistle, which he talks about God hearing us when we, we pray those things according to his will. So I like how they, they, they have this, this great victory. They, they destroy these people. And, and we have those those times in our life where things just seem like they're going really great, and we have you know walking in victory and all that kind of stuff. And then in verse four he says, "And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea, took them past the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way." And uh, and it's interesting because it didn't say that there was necessarily anything going on there. It just they were discouraged by the way and life is like that sometimes and uh, uh, you know when we, we go through life and it kind of comes at you fast sometimes and uh, you know I think we all have had those those days or those weeks where we feel like Job where we get one thing come hit us in the face and then before we've had a chance to recover there's something else and then there's something else uh, and I know I've definitely had a few weeks like that recently in a row, and uh, and it's discouraging. It's it, you kind of feel like it, everything was going so great. What happened? And uh, you know, the 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 nice thing is is you know that's life. You know, because we I think in the church we have a tendency to be pretty superstitious about stuff like that, and then we start uh, you know turning over rocks and and uh, looking for something that must certainly be causing all this stuff uh, when sometimes we're just we're just in the way it's just we're going where we're going and this is how you get there and uh, you know when I was uh, when I was a kid I used to walk uh, back and forth to school when I was like on towards like junior high high school and it was quite a ways probably further than it would be prudent to walk, but I didn't really want to ride the bus because that was kind of like, you know, Daniel in the lion's den. <laughs> so I had some experiences on the bus that made me question the the fitness of the the uh, the bus driver to uh, <laughs> to be able to drive and handle the disciplinary stuff on the bus at the same time. But uh, so as soon as I could get away from it, I did. Uh, but you know, I uh, I still I avoided going down this street. I didn't want to go that way because this guy is over there, and I would there. I don't know. There's sometimes you just you can't avoid passing by somewhere you don't want to, you know. And uh, I remember there was this kid that just absolutely loved to pick on me, and he was he was kind of like the the little yippy dog on Looney Tunes that ran around the big dog. And, like, he and his big dog friend were there together. And, I, I mean, there really was no reasonable way 
to go other than to go by this kid's house. And uh, 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 and as luck would have it, there he was on the front porch. And it's like a bunch of vultures, you know. They're like, oh, look at that guy. And then they don't want to follow you. And then, you know, things happen that are unsavory. Um, but that was just one of those dangers in the way. And you just kind of have to, you know, life happens and you have to deal with it and move on. So I like how as it says that as they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to come past the land of Edom, the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. So there's nothing particularly going on here. They're just, well, this is no fun. I mean, have you ever set out to do something that's like, oh, this will be easy? And then it, it inhales quite vigorously. And uh, I've had lots of those moments. And uh, and so so then you kind of start looking for something to pin it on, right? And it's like there, surely there must be something legitimate that I can complain about or at or something. And the people spoke against God, bad idea, and against Moses. He says, Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. Uh, and that's just like the flesh, because they've been through this already a bunch of times. This whole, well, we should have never came out of Egypt thing. You'd think they would have had that settled by now, but uh, sometimes uh, old belly aches are just fun to dig up again. Uh, so, but he says that, um, and so you know that now they're complaining about the bread, they're complaining about the lack of water. And, and complaining about what God did give them, which, um, you know, I, I grew up in the world, and even then, you know, I had my parents taught me, it's like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Because, you know, like, uh, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit, and all those good things. And uh, um, and here they're, they're complaining about this thing that God's given them, this miraculous thing, because it's not necessarily so pleasing to the flesh. You know, and several of you have seen it, but I got this brilliant birthday card this year where you see the crowd and Jesus with the, the loaf of bread and the fish, and he's, like, holding them out. And somebody's like, I can't eat that. I'm vegan. Somebody else in the crowd's like, has that fish been tested for mercury? Is that bread gluten-free? You know, and so... You open the card, and it's like, you know, avoid the complainers and have a great birthday. And I was just like, yes. I, I, I wish I could, like, kind of make it into, like, a poster, you know. It's like Photoshop it and just pick the avoid the complainers, put it on the front, put it up on my wall. But, you know, uh, and I love that because it's like, it's like he could go, he could go so out of his way as to do something so miraculous as to take a fish and, and like a couple loaves of bread, and make enough to feed thousands of people. And and you know, the flesh is like that. It would complain. It's like, well, but I'm vegan. Well, if you're vegan, I'm if you need saved. But no, <laughs> just kidding. If you're vegan, I'm just kidding. But, um, so here they are complaining at this thing that that uh, this awesome thing that God has done for them. And and I'm honestly not sure at this point how long they've been out 
in the wilderness with us, but it wouldn't take too long before you'd really miss it if it wasn't there. And uh, and so the, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of the people of Israel died. So apparently God's not super happy with all the complaining thing either then. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned and we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looks upon it shall live. And Moses made the serpent of brass and he put it on the pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, and when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And of course, I'm sure you're all familiar with uh, the with the teachings about this story. With the that you know we, when you know when we have these uh, you know these these sins or whatever in our life that are uh, you know attacking us, the thing that we want to do is 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 look to look to Jesus and not to those things. Uh, and you know Jesus uh, referenced this story when he was talking to Nicodemus. And, and he said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And uh, and in this 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 whole famous passage, it's like people that that don't know anything about the Bible, most of them are at least vaguely familiar with John three sixteen. And and this is right, and he says that right before that. So that's kind of what he, as he's leading up to that. So. Uh, you know, one thing about this story is like obviously. Had they not been complaining about the, uh, the all of their discouragement and lack of the things that they would have liked, um, you know, because there was a rock that followed them. They had water, and and they had the manna, you know. So it's like you know, so they you know they're wandering in the wilderness and there's no coffee and there's no donuts, and and so I mean that would be terrible, but it's. You're not going to die because you've got the water and you've got the manna, and and so uh, you know the the thing that I that I take from this story is it's really easy to get discouraged about the way, like we said here in verse four, you know, because uh, life comes at you and. And you have these things that you have to deal with, and sometimes it's easy to get jaded and frustrated when uh, thing after thing after thing happen to you. One of the interesting things that that I personally have been dealing with is having to let other rely on other people to do things that that I I need done, and uh, that I. I there's either too much of it for me to do, or I really couldn't do it anymore. Mike and I had to go do a little thing the other day, and it was pathetic. You should have seen us hobbling around, and it's like I can't hardly get down on my knees anymore, and it was just pathetic. It was pathetic, and uh, uh, but we have these guys that do all this work for us, you know. And it's like if they mess something up, you're kind of helpless. You just have to get through it and get them to fix it and then all this kind of stuff and and we had this job that I don't know I'm not even going to go into it but um, you, most of you have probably already heard me rant and rave about it but um, we, so 
it's easy to get focused down on that on that stuff like as if today is forever because it feels that way when it's today and you're you're dealing with today it it really does feel like this is never going to get better this is never going to change and i might as well just slam my head in the car door but but actually it's just today and so we so we look to to him and and we turn our focus back to him and that's the thing that's great about this the serpent on the pole i mean i know he's this is a picture of about salvation um and i i don't minimize that in any way but sometimes um, this this sense of getting discouraged because of the way, uh, in fact, the the margin says grieved because of the way, and uh, life can leave you feeling rather rather grieved sometimes about the the difficult things that you go through, and uh, I mean grieved is a more um, the stronger word I guess, but and and I like discouraged here because. Life can be discouraging when 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 you look at today, and um, especially when today lasts for a long time in a <laughs> in a particular issue. You know, I mean, you've all had something in your life where today actually lasted like three years, ten years. Like, well, there was this thing that I wish would change, and I know it's going to change eventually, but it hasn't changed yet. So. Today is just today, and tomorrow's coming, and and this thing will be in the rearview mirror before you know it, and and you just keep telling yourself that because eventually it will be, even if tomorrow is just like today, and, and the next day is just like today, and that's where this uh, turning your eyes on Him comes into play, because uh, you know like like that that song that we sing. Know, turn your eyes on Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, and and it's one thing to know intellectually that's the answer. Uh, um, and and that's where I've spent a lot of my time. It's like I intellectually know that that is the answer. And I can tell you that's the answer. But then when I become discouraged because of the way, it's not so easy to to just... You know, hike up my big boy undies and be like, "Well, this is going to be all right. This is just today, and I'm going to get my eyes back on him." It's it's not always that easy. It's easy. It's one of those things that's easier said than done. But at the same time, he he didn't tell them to do some big, uh, complicated thing. He said, "Just look at the serpent on the pole." And uh, and so they did, and and it said that when they did, that they lived, and uh, and that's a precious thing because, um, you know, life is really not about what's happening in your life right now. Life, your your life is not defined by today. You know, your your life is defined by Him, and and the purpose that He has for your life, and so. Um, so you know today, you know can be discouraging. Today can be difficult, and uh, you know there's, you know the other thing is is that when God is dealing with us about issues, it becomes really discouraging. Uh, nobody likes uh, constructive criticism, you know. And I was talking with 
somebody about this the other day. I don't remember who it was, but there's something about human nature that um, you you know somebody can bring you the most well-meaning, uh, utterly benign, constructive type of criticism. Like you know this would work really well if we did this. And then it travels through the air, and by the time it gets to your your ears and, and works its way into your brain, it's like, you're terrible at this. Are you stupid? You know, and you know, and, and I think a lot of us uh, kind of have that default mentality that that's how we take those things when people say it to us. And I think that's just kind of, I, I hope that's normal because that's how I feel. But, um, <laughs> no, but the thing is, is it's not that. You know, when, uh, um, because, and, and you can feel it when somebody uh, is criticizing you just to be critical, and, and, they're, and they're wanting to pick at you, you can tell the difference. But uh, when, when God deals with stuff in our life, it, it gets to be really uh, frustrating. You know, we get involved in some issue, and... And it just it feels like it's this big, huge thing that's never going to go away, and uh, and it can really actually kind of color the way you see everything. Until like every, you know, have you ever had something so on your mind that it's like every time somebody says something to you, you are somehow getting ready to like bat the conversation back with. Well, actually, let me tell you about this thing again, you know, because everything that everybody says makes you think of this issue that, that's so on your mind. Um, it's easy to get into that place where it just feels like everything in your life is about this thing that's happening today. And and yet, uh, you know, uh, watching those meetings this week, I think, is a, to me, was really something precious about remembering that there's more to life than just today. There's more to life than what's just going on in your corner of the world, you know, and, and that, um, uh, that, that that God knows exactly where we are, and, and he, knows, he knew that we would be there long before we ever got there. And so he knows what we need, and, and he knows what his uh, uh, intention for us is and what his plans are for us. And... You probably all have some kind of plaque or coffee mug or notebook or something that has Jeremiah twenty nine eleven on it. That that he, he he knows the plans that he has for you that they're good. Um, but you know, um, and you all know this, but I'm going to read Isaiah twenty six three because if I don't go over and read it, I'm going to say it wrong. But uh, you guys all know exactly what I'm going to say. But it's precious because. Um, we we get in those places where uh, um, turning our eyes on Him is is the answer. And uh, and in, in verse twenty six or chapter twenty six, verse three, it says, "Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Thee, because he trusts in Thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength." And I should have written down all the stuff that I looked at yesterday. Um, you know, I, I kept reading all these things, thinking, "No, nah, that's not it. No, that's not it." There's, there's, there's kind of sometimes this weird 
fuzzy, ah, oh, this is the scripture kind of thing that happens. And sometimes it's just, no, this is, you know, this would be it. Sometimes it's more fuzzy than others. But, I mean, I looked through this big, huge list of stuff yesterday, and I should have written it down. Uh, but it's a really great uh, exercise in getting your mind on him to dig through the word for an answer for something. When you have something going on or or you have, you know, say, well, I know this is the thing. Like yesterday, for example, I was thinking, okay, so I had re- I'd been thinking for a few days about how we get really just tunnel visioned down on these things that happen in life these things that we're dealing with right now and how God's bigger and and it's easy to uh, forget how big he is you know and and to forget about the big mountain that that takes up your entire vision because you're looking for this little tiny bug you know you're looking at this little thing and so I mean I just I bounced all through the the Old Testament all through the New Testament just here and there and and it was encouraging reading all these things. I mean, I read about uh, Sennacherib coming to uh, to fight against Jerusalem, and how uh, you know Hezekiah um, tells his his people, he said, "Don't answer them. He's like, you don't need to say anything to this guy." And then he takes he takes this letter, he takes this boast that that Sennacherib has, has delivered to them, and he takes it and he, and he lays it out before God. And and I love. When God sends Isaiah to him, he said, "Whereas you prayed to me against Sennacherib, here's here's what I here's my answer to you." And it, and it's precious because it's easy to forget that God really does listen that specifically to the things that we have to say, and that He really does answer that way. And uh, and I just man, I love that story because uh, you know He. Uh, uh, you know, he tells Snacker, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a hook in your jaw, and I'm going to turn you around. I'm gonna take you somewhere else, and then I'm going to destroy you there." So how will that be? And and so that's what God does with uh, with our enemies, you know. And that's what He does with the enemies that are on the outside. That's what He does with the enemies that are on the inside. And this, you know, I think that this this serpent on the pole is such a great. Um, illustration of, of how God gets this stuff done in our life when we turn our focus on him because uh, because it does deal with this bigger picture thing it's like you know here I'm, I'm kind of focusing it down on just dealing with today but but it's really it, it, it's something that's transcendent because it's about the cross and that uh, his plan for your life and and that salvation and eternity with him that transcends today. You know, and and if you could boil everything that I said down, that would really be it. That that he's he's bigger, he's greater, and today is just today. You know, and in in Jeremiah 17, you know, he goes and he goes down to the potter's house and he watches him make this vessel. Doesn't come out right, and uh, sometimes I look in the mirror and I think this didn't quite come out right. Seems like he should have squeezed it a little more in the middle, but. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, but um, but anyway, um, but it's precious because the the vessel didn't come out right. So he he takes it and he, he takes it back to the wheel and he works on it again. 
until it comes out right. And 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 God says, can I not do the same thing with you? And so we all, you know, sometimes I think look at ourselves, you know, spiritually speaking, and think, man, I seems like this is not the right shape. Seems like this isn't quite coming out like he came out. That's uh, but that's the thing is we're being conformed into that image. And uh, you know, being conformed to something takes pressure. And so God puts us in those pressury places, but they're way more tolerable when we look at him. When when we watch him and we pay attention to him and the you know to to boil it down to something practical the the thing that i've learned about about looking at him focusing on him is is getting in the word because you can have an issue that you take to prayer and certainly you should but there comes this this point where you're not really so much taking it to him to have him fix it anymore as you're just kind of beating the dead horse and working yourself up into a frenzy about it. I have done that plenty. Um, and so there comes this point where it's like, okay, so for the moment, God, I know you've you've heard my prayers on this. I know that you're listening. So I'm, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. And I'm going to get in your word and I'm going to let you talk. And I'm just going to let you take my focus and turn it back to something else. And then just pick someplace. It doesn't have to be some great thing. I mean, you know, to me, I, I kind of sometimes think of where am I going to read like a medicine cabinet. It's like, well, I'm thinking this, so, I'll, you know, well, this scripture would be good for that or this book would be good for that. But but really, you could read just about anywhere, you know. And, I mean, you might end up with Nimrod the Mighty Hunter. So probably probably don't just flip it open and go like this. But... But no, seriously, um, there's something about that that free fall feeling that starts to happen to you emotionally when you have just kind of flogged the dead horse until there's there's no more flogging. That getting into the word stops that sense of free fall, and you have something solid to stand on. And so, you know, that's that's the thing about keeping our eyes on Him because He He's given us something. To, you know, to to look at something to fix our eyes on, and and in it we get his. Not only do we see him, but we hear his voice, and we have this this uh, assurance from him that these things can turn out okay. So Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. And I just I pray that in our lives you would do these things that you would. Fix our eyes on you, God. That that we would look to you, God, uh, and not not to our issues, God. When when Peter looked at the at the things around him, God, he he started to sink. When God and, and you rescued him from those things, and he and he beheld you and walked back to the boat. But Lord, we want to focus on how big you are, not on how big the issue is. Lord, I pray that you would. Cause us to come into this place of, of truly fixing our eyes, planting our feet on your word, God, so that that we might not become so discouraged by the way, God, that that, uh, that when circumstance brings that discouragement to us, God, that we wouldn't uh, 
turn turn to you and and uh, with the same kind of griping and complaining that uh, that we read about in this story, Lord God, but that we would fix our eyes on you, God. We we have the benefit of of all these centuries of being able to look back at the fulfillment of this picture, God, to see you uh, and the things that you've done for us, God, uh, to to have the the vision of the cross be the thing that would be what our life is truly about. And God, we just pray that you would do in our lives exactly what you want, that you would accomplish exactly what you want to get done in us and to us and through us. God, in your name we pray.